Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, where I welcome Christiana Chelfi. And Christiana 
is a marketer in the biotech industry by day and by night. She's a dating blogger and recently came out with a book, An Unapologetic Spinster, True Modern Dating Stories. And Christiana shares in her book and during our conversation about modern dating and what it's like trying to find love at 40. And we dive into what she did when she got out of a 10-year relationship when she was 34 and how she got back into the dating scene and the challenges around that, the challenges of dating during COVID. And she is a breast cancer survivor and the challenges of dealing with that, you know, while single and not having a partner and really not having a big support system, as you'll hear her share. She was also a captain in the U.S. Army for five years, and she has professional awards and recognitions that include a Bronze Star, a Combat Action Badge, and a Medical Marketing and Media Award. So I find her story extremely inspiring, and I think you guys will as well. And I think it's just valuable to hear other people's stories. And and she does have some great insights and tools in how to navigate dating, how to navigate dealing with a breast cancer diagnosis and going through that and all of the challenges that, that are around that at the same time, you know, trying to date as she approached 40. So uh, really an inspiring story. I really enjoyed this conversation. Hope you guys do as well. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Christiana. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Chase. Today, I thought a good place for us to start our conversation is to have you tell our listeners how you ended up writing a book about dating in relationships, because you don't have a background in like some of our guests do as a marriage and family therapist or a counselor. But I think it's great to, to share your story. So how did you come to that place of writing a book about it? Absolutely. So I wrote an unapologetic spinster, true modern dating stories as a way to take what seems from the outside, like a hamster wheel of unpleasant dead end dating and turn it into stories riddled with levity, with compassion, and ultimately opportunities of personal growth. So like many of your viewers and people, you know, in their 30s and even into their 40s, dating becomes harder sometimes as you get older. And so what I found uh, as a very expressive person was writing my experiences out and trying to find a different perspective through them was very cathartic. So it started out as a blog for a very small group of friends. And what I found, though, during that process was I was learning something different about myself about dating, and about life as I was writing it. So I continued to write. But I'm also a marketer by day. And I realized that there wasn't a book like my blog chapters out there. And so I decided to turn my blog chapters into a book to help create those relatable stories for other people like me. I'm just an average person. But some people sometimes need to hear from others, that they're not alone, that their experiences are not necessarily unique. While my stories are uniquely mine, 
the general experiences, I think, are very relatable. Uh, and one other thing I'll point out is if you are looking for how to um, you know, be out there dating and get advice on dating, you'll find all sorts of books out there. And many of them seem to actually be contradictory in, in nature. And my book isn't an advice book. It's more about finding yourself, finding love from within first and foremost, no matter how convoluted or um, you know, sad at times or frustrating dating in today's modern world may be. And I, I don't believe that there's a prescriptive way to go out there and find love. I mean, I just turned 40 and I'm, I'm still single. I'm a spinster, an archaic phrase, but it's, it's still, you know, there's an expectation, I believe, from society that when you hit a certain age, you should have been married. You should be starting to have that, that family. Um, and I, I haven't had that yet, but it doesn't mean by any means that I've given up. I just, as I get older, I find out who I am and who I want to become. And there's, there's going to be my match one day. My time just hasn't, hasn't come for me yet. And I think other people will relate to that in their own journeys to find love. So I thought my uh, sharing of stories, while cathartic for me, was an expression ultimately of love for myself, but one that is relatable, I believe, for others who are on a similar journey themselves. What are some of the challenges that you are currently facing or have faced in the past dating? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there are so many challenges out there. I think as you get older, you you have baggage, right? You've had good experiences in dating and relationships and, and bad experiences. Uh, when I was 24, I started a 10-year relationship. So, from the ages of 24 to 34, I dated somebody uh, that I had met when I was in the Army. And we were great friends, right? We were friends first and foremost, but we were also in love and in a serious, committed relationship. But we changed over time, but we didn't necessarily change together. We were going in different directions. But when you have that very strong uh, connection with somebody, it becomes hard to recognize that you probably need to go in your separate ways because you're growing apart. So when we finally um, ended things after 10 years, uh, so I was, I was 34, and that's when I started uh, the, the, the stories within my book start from the ages of 34 to, to just recently, um, you know, you, you realize that you've got work to do. You've got work, self-work to do to understand your perspective, your baggage that you bring to the table. And I am, as you mentioned in the beginning, I am not uh, professionally trained. I am not a therapist, but I have gone to therapy myself. I'm a big believer in doing introspective work. And that's what I, I think the number one barrier to finding love is yourself. It is not being confident with who you are, who you're becoming, um, and trying to maybe take the pressures from outside society of where you're supposed to be, and then apply that to decisions in love, right? And and I think that might be why people end up in serious relationships or long-term relationships where they're not happy because they're maybe not with the right person, or maybe they're not happy because they're not happy with themselves. And that's that's the number one is um, do the work to understand who you are and 
apply that to every aspect of your life and it will enhance your relationships, romantic relationships and platonic relationships as well. I want to dive into doing the work on yourself. But first, I want to ask you, after you got out of that 10-year relationship, you started dating again. What was that like and what have been uh, some of the challenges? Oh, yeah. So I, I write about actually my first date, my very first date um, in the book. And I even before my formal first date off of a dating app, I had reconnected with somebody um, from my past. It was serendipitous, if you will. Um, but I, you know, each dating, each chapter of my book is a self-contained story around the experiences, around a certain type of experience. So it's it's not redundant. They're all, I think, pretty different in and of themselves. But there's also, there's a bit of a theme for me that I picked up on. Um, the, the thing that happened, maybe that were the reasons my relationship didn't work, my 10-year relationship didn't work. I was actually bringing that forward with me. Um, and so I saw that in um, some of my first dating experiences early on. I, I, uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I had a bit of a codependent problem in my long-term relationship and I wasn't secure with myself. And so um, I would try to latch on, right, the attachment style of anxious and try to shape or control an outcome of dating. And that's never going to work, right? If you've got you've to find people, even if it's not through a dating app, being open to um, to what you have to offer and be open to somebody else being a great match for that. And even if it's not a long-term match, there's something to learn and something to gain from that. So my stories um, cover uh, somebody from the past coming in at a serendipitous moment. They also cover the first date, um, the awkwardness of meeting someone, the awkwardness of how do you make conversation and uh, it not feel forced. Uh, all those awkward is right. That's uh, how you feel when you're just getting back out there and realizing dating is very different than what it was um, you know, 10 years before when dating this technological construct didn't exist. Uh, so it's, it's a very sharp learning curve for me. Uh, and, you know, still learning. <laughs> I'm learning every day. But I would say that I feel I have a, a strong grasp on myself and what it is I'm looking for. And I'm excited to continue this journey. So, so a lot to look forward to, I believe. How did you navigate that awkwardness when you when you started dating again? And are there any tips that you could give someone uh, out there who is new to dating or is just getting back into it after a while out of the game? Yeah, I I mean, the number one thing for me, I was in a 10 year relationship and I'm a monogamous person. I wasn't um, I never cheated on my ex and I don't believe he ever cheated on me either. And so I think the, the number one bit of awkwardness is how to open up on a, on a sexual level with somebody that you, you know, somebody new, right? When you come from a long term, whether that's a couple of years or a decade like myself, um, that's, that's definitely awkward. Um, but, you know, I think you had a podcast recently, which I, I loved, which was around good sex, both from an ethical standpoint, but also from, um, you know, just the quality of it. And I, 
to me, it's, it's about confidence. And so I think if you take, you know, in a intimate relationship, it's around the confidence you have with who you are versus being, you know, do I am, you know, how do I look? You know, um, am I, is he going to find me attractive or is the other person going to find me attractive? Um, you know, and you have all these insecurities that bubble up in that type of intimate relationship. It's actually no different because you're talking about chemistry there when you're on a, on that date and you're just meeting them and you're sitting across the table from them for dinner. We're not even talking or thinking about being intimate, but it's the same type of insecurity. Does he think I'm funny? Am I making too much eye contact? Not enough eye contact. Is what I'm wearing good or not? And really, it's 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 about being comfortable with who you are. Um, and the one other thing I'll add on that is COVID. Right? COVID happened. I continued to date in COVID, and I actually wrote a little bit about that as well in my book, where you know you couldn't go to a bar. I was living in Boston at the time, and you couldn't go to a um, a bar and have that first drink as you would pre-COVID. So most of my dates were walking around the city of Boston. So I would be wearing walking shoes and, you know, comfortable pants and, you know, athletic, you know, almost athleisure um, attire. And I didn't see a difference in when I got all dolled up for a date versus when I was wearing a face mask and um, wearing athletic gear to go on a date. It's about how you converse with somebody. It's about um, making that other person feel like that time with you right then, that you're present, that you're enjoying the experience. Now, you may not feel a connection with them and you may know from the get-go you don't want to go out with them, but why are you on the date, right? Why are, what are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about um, life? What are you learning or, or doing or doing something different and having different experiences? And if you bring that type of positivity as well as confidence to the, the dating scene, I think, it, um, I think it makes a huge impact. And it doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter. You know, like just show up as you and the right person is going to connect with that. That's simple, in my opinion. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full time, have kids and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy no complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. 
It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. I want to go back to um, the self-development and the introspection. And and you talk just now about being comfortable with who you are. How did you approach that for yourself? And what advice would you give our listeners who... Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of being in relationship, even if someone is listening who's currently in one. It's like, if you're not comfortable with who you are, and and sometimes this is our life's work. It's not like you just finish and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm perfectly love myself and, and everything. It's a constant thing. But maybe in the beginning, especially coming out of a relationship, these things are highlighted when it's someone new and you're trying to impress them maybe and you're like, oh, wow, like I feel really insecure. And I thought I kind of wasn't in this area. Yeah. So I mentioned, um, you know, 10 years being with the same person and I went out and I at 34 was being vulnerable. You know, when I went in a consenting, you know, adult relationship, I, um, I got to know who I was in that intimate setting as well. And I think I'm, I'm sharing this because that was a big thing for me was, um, feeling like, I still had it, you know, that I was attractive, you know, in my going into my mid thirties and approaching 40, I still, I still got it going on. And I, I got there in the first, you know, um, maybe two, 
two year and a half, two years of dating, I had, um, you know, I met people that I felt were soulmates of some sort, uh, who helped me on that journey. I was very, I was open to meeting people that were going to help me on that journey. It was conscious decisions that I made, but also from, I guess, a sexual, you know, awakening standpoint, having been in that long-term relationship. And so for me, that was something I needed to over overcome. Um, but about a year and a half, two years after, you know, after my relationship ended, I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. And I um, decided uh, to have a double mastectomy and reconstruction. And so here I had been working on myself and I had come into this sexual awakening, if you will, um, and being, I was very confident, not, you know, I was confident in who I was, you know, not just talking about intimately, but I was becoming confident in who I was professionally and with friends and what I wanted out of life and, you know, add on, you know, I was also confident in these, um, in, in my dating life as well. But then I'm diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I have a surgery that changes fundamentally me as a woman, right? And and it changed these insecurities that I had from that were deep down in my 10-year relationship at the end is that with ending that I had thought I had overcome just resurfaced with a vengeance around am I now I'm I'm 36 and um and now I'm older and now I've got you know not only am I dealing with cancer but now my body has changed and will Will I still be attractive? And so it started a cycle all over again. Um, for me, I actually had to hit rock bottom. Uh, I, I don't talk about it too much in my book because it, it wasn't something I, at the time, um, wanted to share too much on, although it's, I'm not, I'm, I'm happy to share. I just didn't write about it, uh, was, clinical depression. I mean, I hit rock bottom after that as many people who I think have health issues or have, um, you know, tragedy that hits their life. I was clinically depressed and that was my catalyst to go get professional help. So the number one thing for me was I was dealing with a narrative with thoughts in my head. I was not in forward motion. And so I found a therapist who worked really well with me, helped me get out of a very deep clinical depression and find myself. And I remember the first meeting with him, he said to me, we're going to take your cancer diagnosis and we're going to make you, um, you know, we're going to make it a superpower for you. And it was that flipping something on the head and saying this, yes, this is at 36 to be diagnosed with cancer and, and, to rock my world is an understatement, but what I do with it, how it changes who I am, how I live my life, it, that's up to me. And so my personal journey started, um, and that really started with professional help, but I amplified it, I believe, with meditation, which is being quiet in your own mind and hearing what it is to some extent that you say to yourself and acknowledging that maybe you're not treating yourself with the level of kindness and compassion that you actually expect somebody else when you're in a relationship with someone, you want them to treat you like you're, you know, you're the, the greatest thing, right? Why don't you treat yourself like that? And that's, that is the biggest revelation I've had. Um, and that's where I think self-development and introspection is very important. You get get um, the right therapist, get the right professional help if you feel that that will add to it. But then do other things, make decisions, make active decisions, be active in your life 
Don't let life happen to you. Live your life and live it fully and openly. And I believe what you put out there is what you're going to get back. And um, in so many ways in my life, that has rung true. Um, And while I may not be in a committed relationship now, I've had very fruitful, um, meaningful relationships that have only helped further inspire me in um, so many different ways and so many different facets of my life. When your therapist said, uh, you know, we're going to turn your cancer diagnosis into a superpower and, and you alluded to some things you were able to do, but was there one particular, you know, modality or exercise or thought process that really helped you turn that around and look at it as a superpower? There were a lot of thoughts. I mean, I had I had a lot of notes and there was a lot of homework. There was a lot of work. It was a very active process for me. Um, I don't know if that there was one thought process that changed. I will say the I, I didn't, it was an action. Um, I decided to, I didn't want to wait to have the love of my life in my life for me to go out and experience life. And by that, I mean, I started to travel and I started to do solo travel, which I also write about in in my book, because that, you know, that that had been a very difficult thing for me to start to do, to go on a, on a, to have the means to to go on a trip is, is something I'm very grateful for, but to then actually go on a trip and not sit, uh, you know, at the beach wondering, you know, be sorry, feel sorry for myself that I don't have somebody else as I watch a couple or their family walk by. It's to not be jealous of that. That's, that's where the, you know, coming from a place of um, a, a gap in your life, like there's somebody, I need somebody to complete me, or I need somebody who's going to um, help me be happy. No, I need to be happy with myself. And so when I started traveling on my own, and I was working with my therapist when I did my first um, trip, which was in, to Puerto Rico, um, which I, I I write about in my book. I had goals for myself on how I was going to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, put myself out there. And through that experience, that was one to this day, one of the best weeks of my life because I was so happy and content with who I was and my own my own company. And I started to realize that I actually really like my company and I don't, I don't need somebody. I don't, that that need comes from a gap that I'm looking for somebody to fill. No, I want somebody. I want somebody who's on that journey with me. And I, that's the revelation that I believe has made me take the anxiety out of dating, the the hamster wheel of bad experience after bad experience and turn it into, no, this is every day, every date, every person I meet is an opportunity for me to experience and be alive. And that's just been life-changing, really has. I I don't know if it's made us, it's it's a superpower, (laughs) but it certainly has transformed how full of life I feel every day when I wake up. Was there a particular mantra or circumstance or therapy session that really helped you integrate that being happy with yourself? Because that, to me, that is a superpower in the context of being single or in a relationship because it's so easy 
or even when it comes to friendships and family relationships to to look at the other person to look at the outside and go if only they would act this way if only my wife would do this that and then I'll be happy you know then we'll be happy then we'll have better sex and we're always looking to the other person instead of looking at ourselves and within that is being okay with ourselves and certainly being single like you said that really resonated of kind of taking the pressure off of dating or finding that person because i think a lot of the pressure that people can feel it, it can be societal you know it's like oh you're approaching 40 you're still single you don't have a family this you know whatever but it's also this idea of feeling like we need someone else to complete us so i'm saying a lot here but i want to emphasize that how important that is, is to be happy in our own company, whether or not, you know, even if you are in a relationship, but certainly if you're not. So was there anything you could kind of share with our listeners mm -hmm. that really helped you or, or kind of clicked or maybe something on that trip to Puerto Rico that you realized? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I definitely did. I do have um, like a life mantra, if you will. Um, but I think uh, that's not, that has been a great force for me. I think early on using that and saying something that was very meaningful to me, like how I wanted to look at the world and who I wanted to be. I shaped the mantra around that kind of unconditional love for life. And, um, and, and I had some professional help to kind of shape that because that was something I said to myself all the time. And it became a source of power for me. But for me, it was less about a you know, working in a therapy session to find that mantra. It was about the, it was about when I would meditate and, and be quiet with myself, I would have these thoughts and fears and I would start paying attention to these thoughts and these fears and I would let them come up and I would acknowledge them. But then I would say, you no longer serve me. And I would in a meditative, you know, state, right. Um, which, is, is very peaceful and it's, um, it comes from a place of compassion for myself. I'm not judging myself for having that fear, right? Like for, for, I may still at this time, I mean, I, I, I may still have this fear of being 40 and will I ever have my own family? And when I meditate and if that fear comes up, I, I acknowledge it and I don't judge myself and I don't let it build on additional anxiety. I acknowledge it, but I let it pass and I say, it's, it's not serving me. I don't want to hold on to that. Um, the biggest thought that came up to me in a meditation, um, it's, I, I actually start my book with it and I actually end my book with it. And it came to me uh, and I just found it to resonate so much. And it's the love we all so desperately seek is already within us. And with when that came to me in a meditation, I mean, it was myself, right? I, I mean, I don't, everybody's had different um, views of the world, but it felt like it was advice to myself. And wherever, it doesn't matter where it came from. The point is I, I thought it and I thought, wow, you know what? I've been looking for love outside of myself. I, I'm right here. And when you're, when you're, somebody who's been clinically depressed, you're not, you're, you're, you're looking outside some, at least for me, I was looking outside of myself to find happiness. But the problem with how I was um, processing my thoughts and that wiring that was happening. So when I started to recognize that I actually already had that love, I, I held my own hand. I was single when I went through um, breast cancer and, you know, I didn't have many friends when I lived in Boston. It was a difficult 
city for me, you know, to be there in um, 34 to um, 39 years old, I, I found it hard to make friends at that stage in that city. And um, maybe just in that stage in life in general becomes harder. But I was the one who held my hand, right? When I had breast cancer, I was the one who was, you know, when my relationship ended and I was out there in a city with no family nearby, I I was the one picking myself up off the floor when I was crying or just felt so desperate. I was always there. I just never really appreciated myself. And I, I think many people are probably like that too. We're conditioned in this world to think that love and happiness come from things or other people. But but really, really, it's it's like a chicken in the egg. You've got to be happy with yourself to feel to feel that love for yourself first, to then be able to have that love come into your life, and to be to be able to share that love with somebody else too. I mean, that's my that's my perspective on on loving yourself and how that has to come first. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. 
Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Certainly. And, and with something like this and a lot of the things we talk about on the podcast, it's it's like easier said than done, but it's our work, you know, and a lot of time it's our life's work. Like I said earlier, it's not like we go, oh, okay, yeah, I figured out how to love myself. And now you just sit back and, and it just takes care of itself. Were there any like specific things. I know you mentioned meditation a few times and in realizing, you know, observing your your thoughts and fears and 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 not attaching to them. But when it comes to to loving ourselves, and this is something, you know, I've been really trying to focus on and in realizing that the love is already within me and not seeking it. It's super powerful to understand as a concept, but it's another thing to integrate that. And Mm-hmm. Were there some ways that that it really clicked for you or like a specific thing? I know you mentioned the meditation, but like I said, for me personally, in recent years, I've gone into some uh, plant medicine ceremonies and similar, I think, to meditation. There's just been these moments of like, it's one thing to understand, like, again, the concept of love yourself, but it's another to actually feel it. And in these ceremonies, I've been able to to feel what that would feel like, you know, and it kind of, you know, I go there and, and I was able to access it and then come out of the ceremony and it, it kind of stays with me. But then it's another thing to really integrate that into my daily life. So I'm saying a lot here, but hopefully that's resonating with you and, and our listeners. But what are some of the ways or or, or maybe a thing that, that really helped you synthesize that idea of loving yourself and to make it kind of more of a of a feeling that shows up uh, mm-hmm. more often. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I um I actually can completely resonate with what you said resonates with me regarding feeling that love for yourself. I rem- I still right now remember the first time I felt love for myself and it was in a meditation and I just started crying. Like I I had my eyes closed. I was in a quiet space, a peaceful space. And I just felt for the first time, compassion and love for myself. And it was overwhelming. And it, and, but then it fades. It does, it does fade. I, you gotta, I mean, for me, forward progress, taking note of what 
the growth that I am making um, is what fuels me to continue to do the work. Um, I am, a, I mean, I meditate every single day. It's, I'm a big runner too. So I remember when I started getting into running, uh, I, was, I was in the army, but it was, uh, I really started to enjoy running when I was getting out of the army, ironically, and because it, it was on my own terms. It took me a year of running every day to wake up and be like, I need to go for a run. I just, it makes me feel good. I feel alive. I feel, I, I actually found it to be, I used to describe it as active meditation because I wasn't a real meditator back then. I was like, Oh, it's my, it's my me time. I don't, I can go run a 20 miler without any music because I am at peace with, you know, like being in, in my own mind to some extent. But my point is that it takes habit. It takes, you know, it takes creating the habit sometimes to recognize and, and um, how it, it can be integrated into your life. But for it to be a habit, I find that making and taking note of forward progress, right? So in that year of running, I was noting, okay, my times or my mile times are getting faster, or I ran a 5k and I'm dropping time. And it just, you know, so for meditation, you, you start to see the, you start to see those fears bubble up and you, you, you see them dissipate. And, um, and so some people may use plant therapy. Um, I did a cacao ceremony recently with a friend and, uh, just drinking cacao, right. And, and doing, um, you know, burning some incense and you can do it a lot of different ways, but we then in a group, I've never meditated in a group like that 15 minutes. And I just had a profound experience where I was feeling love um, for everybody around me and feeling so connected to the universe. And it's those types of experiences that will fuel you to do it again um, and make it a habit. Uh, so you got to you got to put in the work, um, just like with anything in life, you've got to put in the work, but be, you know, we said, I've said compassion multiple times, have that compassion for yourself that you can't just wake up one day and, and be the person you want to be. We are people, all of us on journeys of, of growth. And we should respect the fact that we're, we're not perfect, but we're striving to be better people every day. And as we do that, I believe life gets richer. Our experiences get richer. Our relationships become deeper and we have that love for ourselves just continues to grow and and grow. And that's my personal experience is I, I love for myself is not a foreign concept anymore, but I remember the first time that I felt it for sure. Thank you for sharing that, Christiana. And, and yeah, focusing on, on the process, you know, I, I've said it a few times in this conversation. It's not like we just flip a switch, you feel the love for yourself, and now it's just there all the time. It's our life's yeah. work and celebrating the little wins. It doesn't have to be a profound feeling of loving yourself. It can be like, today I meditated for five minutes. Awesome, you know, and building off of that. So I, I think we've we've covered a lot and it'll be really valuable, as you said in the beginning, for, for people to hear this, that... You, 
this is just the human experience and we're all struggling with different things and and your story is is super powerful and and thank you for for opening up and and sharing you know about your your breast cancer and and your dating and yeah i mean it's like that's also i think really important is perspective you know and if we hear other people's stories we can get perspective and not feel as alone or be like hey you know what i just had a breakup but i I'm healthy and like have gratitude and things could be way worse. And it's so valuable for people like yourself to, to share your story for that reason. So thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing. Um, before we wrap up, are there any things that, uh, we skipped over or maybe something we didn't bring up that you want to share? And then I'll have you tell our listeners where they can find you online before we say goodbye. Yeah, no, I, I think we've covered a lot today. Thank you so much for, for having me. I think you just wrapped it up very well in, in saying, um, you know, knowing yourself and perspective is so much about it. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to have had the opportunity to talk about these topics. I think modern dating, you can talk about all sorts of stuff and it, it never ends. But ultimately, I, I believe it is about finding the love within yourself, not looking for somebody else to close that gap for you. So, so important. So where can our listeners find you online or find out more about your book? Absolutely. So my website is unapologeticspinster.com. And on there, you'll find information about me, about my book, where to purchase it. Um, I also have a date me submission tab on there because I've, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about, um, online dating as a concept, but I am, uh, giving, giving that up. So, uh, having a little fun with my website in this project. Uh, your audience can also find my book on Amazon. So I have both the ebook and the paperback book available on Amazon. It is uh, pre-ordered currently for Books A Million, um, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, and the other retailers. So if you want to get my book, get it through my website or on Amazon. And it's an unapologetic spinster through modern dating story. Excellent. Well, we will have those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And again, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that 
they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com